Welcome back to Left of Normal, where everything that isn't right is left, and everything that is left is right. I'm your host, Scott Siri. Before you go any further, before you listen any further, please press the pause button on this podcast, and then subscribe to it so that whenever a new episode is published, you get notified right away. And if you're on a platform that has a review or a rating feature, you might as well click that five-star review as well. And I'll wait right here while you finish up. Are you done? Cool, thanks. Last week we talked about special interests and kind of whether that's unique to the autism or left-of-normal community. I think the bottom line is uh, that the jury is still out on that one, although there is a large focus on these hyperfixations. Today we are all about sharing and how the left-of-normal community looks at the idea of allowing others into their lives. When I was looking up some information on this, just to kind of see how my own experience relates to the rest of the ASD community, I realized that sharing actually refers to two things. It can be sharing items or objects, like a little kid sharing his toys with other kids, but it can also mean sharing emotions, feelings, and what's going on with your life. The good news is that both can be struggles for those who are left of normal, so we'll just go ahead and talk about both of these issues. Now you might be thinking, Scott, you share a lot on here. What's the issue with sharing? You even share things that most of us don't really need to know or even want to know. So I'll add this little caveat at the beginning, a bit of a disclaimer, a proviso, a stipulation, if you will. I share a lot on here, but in person, I don't really like talking about these things. I don't get into it very much. A lot of it's because I stumble through the words, kind of get lost in thought, get off track, and maybe start crying a little bit for no reason at all. And yes, I do script out these podcasts, so that's why I'm able to stay on track and hit all the talking points that I want to hit while recording. So anyway, let's get right into this. We'll start with sharing toys. Toys and, you know, other things as a kid. And we'll kind of move into uh, talking about how that works out in adulthood. And then after that, we'll get into sharing information and feelings, emotions, etc., etc., and so on and so forth. So stick around for a few minutes, and we'll get into that if that's what you're most interested in. All right, so starting way back when I was a small child, and then as I grew into a larger child, I can vaguely remember being told that I was supposed to share toys and other things with other kids. That was the nice thing to do. It was the proper thing to do, and that's what we were all commanded to do. I can't remember, however, if I was really any good at it. I suspect, in knowing who I am now and how I am now, that I was probably not great at sharing. But I did grow up with three brothers, two of them around my age, and we were forced to share a lot of toys as it was. The oldest brother is six and a half years older than I am, so he's kind of in a different class of interests, and we didn't really have to share much with him. 
I do recall, however, that I was a generous child. I loved giving gifts and going out of my way to buy or wrap up things for other people. For instance, our neighbors had a garage sale when I was maybe six or seven years old. At their garage sale, they had this set of quote-unquote fine china, as they put it. More or less, it was cheap ceramic dishes that were made in China, so obviously it says China on it, so it must be the fine china that is referred to in the dish and uh, utensil world. So the second or third day, final day of the garage sale, everything's marked down. The dishes were still there, and they're probably just a few dollars. I don't even remember how much they were marked at. I looked at them, and I bought them for my mom. She cooked for the family, so really it only made sense that she would love to have these new dishes. I have no idea where that set of fine china went, but I suspect that it went straight into the garbage. Or maybe into the trunk of the car and then donated to Goodwill the next day. Because I, I don't remember ever seeing them again after purchasing them. At that same time, my best friend, Ryan, he lived across the street from us. We played together all the time, and since this was back in the day before electronic gadgets, it was more or less just run amok up and down the block. One day, he was over at our house, and I had this little handheld game. It was like a miniature pinball-type thing. You click the button on the side, you try to launch the ball into the little platform, you score goals, score points, whatever it was, and he loved it. He played with it like all afternoon long. And so I thought, he really likes this toy. I have no particular attachment to this toy, so I wrapped it up with some wrapping paper, and I took it over to him as a gift the next day. Now, looking back, I realize that it was probably easier to just give these things away rather than to share them and hope that the other kid would take care of the items properly and return them in more or less the same condition as I distributed them. We'll talk about that here in a minute, but let's move into teenage years. Uh, moving into my teenage years, I feel I was uh, a little bit more withheld from sharing or you know, being quite so generous. A little less open with what I had. And I believe a large part of that stemmed from living situations. After my mom died, our home wasn't really as open as it used to be. Now, I remember when she was around, we would host Sunday evening dinners and other gatherings fairly often with a group of people from church, mostly those with kids, and so the adults would be upstairs conversating and kids would go downstairs to play. After my mom was gone, I don't think that ever happened again. I can't remember a time where we had company over in such a manner. Obviously, people would come to visit here and there, but we didn't organize an evening meal at our house. And even after that, having friends over wasn't really the same. It wasn't as comfortable. It wasn't as welcoming. And eventually, we just started gathering at other people's houses instead of ours. Not that ours wasn't any good open and, you know, a decent home, but my dad was rather particular about teenage boys in the house. Our 
kitchen was off limits. Our fridge was not open to snacking. And basically, if people came over, they needed to be downstairs where I lived and where my room was and ask permission for just about everything. Overall, it was not a good place to be as a teenage boy. You always kind of felt like you were walking on eggshells. We weren't, we didn't do anything wrong. We weren't drinking or taking marijuana tablets or anything like that. But I think my dad was just stressed out from work and wanted his house to be peaceful and quiet. But what that did was it kind of instilled in me that my stuff is my stuff. Your stuff is your stuff. And so keep your hands off. And then combine that with my quote-unquote anger issues. I believe I talked about this in an earlier podcast. But my frustrations with life and interacting with other people seem to have manifested itself as anger. When really it was more of a, I'm closed off to you because I have no idea what's going on or how to conduct myself around other people, so get out of my bubble. And of course, people were constantly telling me, to come out of my shell and stop being so shy and you're introverted and introverts suck so learn how to be an extrovert or you'll be worthless your entire life. Didn't quite say it in so many words but that was the general sentiment toward the quiet kids back in the 90s. As a teenager I didn't really work very much. Uh, After school jobs were a bit torturous and it was They were stressful, they were draining, and the $5.50 an hour that I was making really wasn't worth the hour of work that I put into it. So suffice to say, I generally walked around broker than broke. And then on the off chance that friends would head to a restaurant to get something to eat, I either just had water or spent 10 of my last 12 bucks to actually get some food. So when you hate working because it forces you into uncomfortable social situations, you minimize it, and even though you know that it's going to result in not having any money. And now you're at the restaurant and you spend what little money you do have on some chicken strips because you're famished. Keep in mind, there's there aren't snacks and things at home because the kitchen is closed off. It's basically cook an entire meal if you want anything to eat. So you're eating your chicken strips that you spent the last of your money on, and a friend keeps trying to sneak fries and stuff off your plate, and one point makes a grab for one of the last chicken strips. So you smash his hand with your fist. And it, I can see that it comes across as unsharing and angry, angerish, angerishy. So anyway, now as an adult, I feel I've gotten a little bit better about sharing what I have. I know that our home is open and we love to host gatherings. I feel that my son's friends are over here more often than he's over at their homes. But I still have a struggle that comes with lending out items. For example, I've lent out books over the years. And books are one of my treasures, my collections, one of those proverbial special interests. And even if I don't read them, or I've only read them once years ago, I like having the full shelf of books. And I've lent them out, telling someone, hey, I think you'll enjoy this book. And then I never see it come back to me. Now, it's probably my fault, since I did not 
say, I think you'll enjoy this book. Please return it to me after you have read it. But that struggle, it comes from this idea that I've lent the book out, but then when they do come back, sometimes they're bent, or they've gotten water damaged, or the spine is broken, or otherwise in not the same condition that I sent it out in. Other items as well, it doesn't have to be just books, that's just kind of what I'm looking at right now on the bookshelf in my office. But they end up in the same situation. They're broken or they're otherwise changed when I receive them back. And because I'm rather particular on how I want my items, and it has more to do with this is the item and how I understand it and how I picture it, and when it changes to something other than what I pictured, it kind of throws off all my thinking, everything gets all out of whack, and now I have to overcome a new mental hurdle before I can move past that and move on. Suffice to say, I don't really like sharing that much, but it has nothing to do with me being selfish. It's more about a disruption in how I see the world. All right, enough about sharing objects. What about feelings and stuff? Most of the time, I would rather disguise my feelings, just cover them up, maybe just straight ignore them. And I believe this is for two different reasons. First of all, I'm a bit scared of expressing them inappropriately. If you remember back to one of my earlier episodes, if I think something is funny and I laugh too loudly, everyone stares and thinks I'm a weirdo. And if I don't laugh loudly enough, or if I don't react, everyone stares and thinks I'm a weirdo. And I never quite know exactly what the appropriate response is, and so often no response is better than an inappropriate one. Second reason is if I'm feeling sad, sometimes I don't know why I'm feeling sad. And so I'll just pretend that all is well and nothing is wrong, because if there's no real cause of it, there's actually no reason to, and so just push past it and move on. Same goes for a bulk of many other emotions. They're confusing, they're weird, and half the time I don't even know why they're there. So I just smash them up and tuck them away into a box in the corner of my brain where they can slowly turn into tumors. So maybe what about... Uh, something as unemotional as events, how the day went. Most of my days are largely uneventful. I typed something on my computer, I read something on the internet, I watched a few cat videos, and I checked the mailbox about 19 times because I really like going out to check the mail and seeing if there's anything new in there. And even back when I was a child and my parents asked about the school day, I just said it was fine. Most days are just fine. They're largely the same as the day before, and nothing out of the ordinary happens. Which is one of the reasons I'm not very good at conversating. I follow, I mentioned I follow some of these autism and Asperger's forums. One of them on Reddit, uh, somebody posted a screenshot. It was a little back and forth text conversation that they had. It wasn't a lot to go on, but the person posting, it started out with, hey, that's cool. And then a little you could see the timestamp. A little while later, the other person said, well, aren't you going to ask me about anything? And that's always been one of my struggles with sharing. I don't quite get that back and forth of conversations when I don't 
really feel there's a lot going on. If I'm curious about something or if something was unclear, then I will ask questions. If I feel that someone needs to know some important or useful information, I will volunteer to tell them that information. But I expect other people will ask questions if there's information that they're curious about or that they want to know more about. So this whole idea of volunteering all sorts of information about one's self is a little foreign. And it kind of goes against the way I was raised, you know, to be less self-focused because talking about yourself is braggadocious and arrogant and all that. And I guess, of course, you know, if you listen to the podcast from just after Christmas, this past Christmas, we learned that not talking about yourself is also arrogant. So I guess I just can't win. Basically, it's just don't share things that don't need to be shared. Today, you've had a peek into the world where everything left is right. And if it feels right, then it must be left. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, join that Facebook community, and feel free to ask any questions you have over there. Remember that it's not that I don't want to share. It's really that I just don't trust you to bring back my items in the same condition whence they left. And of course, I do want you to share this podcast with your friends, whether they are left, normies, or right.